0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shayna Thornton.
2: Well, good Tuesday evening to everyone, and welcome to your family radio talk show. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana, and I am both thrilled and honored that you are with us live this Tuesday night. You know, you should know that this radio show aims to include everyone. We exclude no one, okay? So what we aim to do is present information to you, news to you, that may make a difference in your your life. We say we offer real talk for real people and we appreciate everyone for staying with us. The show is continuing to do well and I cannot emphasize enough how grateful I am for everyone on telling their family, friends, neighbors, and colleagues about this show. This is your own homegrown show, okay? Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton. And you know we always want to spotlight the issues that matter to you. And tonight we're putting a big spotlight on SIDS. And that's right, SIDS, of course, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. It continues to be a mysterious condition. I am no expert in it, but tonight we have a pediatrician who will break everything down for us. He is going to provide some pivotal information that may make a difference, that it actually could help save a life. So the title of this show is What Every Guardian, Parent, or Grandparent Should Know About SIDS. Okay? Hey, is your neighbor? a grandmother? Uh, Do they often keep the grandchild? Uh, Is your best friend an aunt, a godmother? Uh, Is your buddy that you play tennis with or basketball with an uncle who watches his niece or nephew from time to time? Please message them right now or just call them, whatever you have to do, because this is a very critical news segment tonight, okay? I want everyone to hear this information that is coming from our board-certified pediatrician because it is powerful information, again, that can save a life. And, of course, that is very important. Did you know that SIDS is the leading cause of death among infants one month to one year old? Yes, it claims about 2,500 lives each year just in the United States alone, okay? So this is a serious health matter. We're going to talk about that and so much more tonight. Did you know that right now, Tuesday, October the 20th, is world osteoporosis? day. It's a day where our medical professionals and advocates around the world try to spread as much information about osteoporosis and really wanting you to have healthy bone health, okay? We're going to spotlight that tonight also with a medical expert, okay? And lastly, we're going to talk about hospital recovery rates in this country, a very important conversation. Many people go into the hospital for everything, perhaps to have a baby, to get a hysterectomy, knee surgery, hip surgery heart surgery. We're going to talk about ways to really make sure that you're able to be as healthy as possible once you leave those medical experts in the hospital and go home. Uh, perhaps you go home by yourself. Maybe you're going home uh, with uh, another family member, be it your spouse, partner, whoever. This conversation is for you. After all, you're not sure when you ever will have to go into the hospital, okay? We know a lot of emergency procedures happen every year in this nation, so stay with us. It's a jam-packed show to Night. It's not a very long show, but it's a very important show, okay? And of course, you know we love great music here. We have an amazing uh, vocal selection from a 13-year-old, okay, everyone? Uh, You have to hear this voice. Uh, I am telling you, you're going to be mesmerized by it, okay? But right now, it's Tuesday, October the 20th, 2015, and we're set to kick off Let's Talk America live right now. Hashtag, all of your friends, okay, let them know that you're on social media. Hashtag LTA Radio, LTA Radio, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Google+, Plus. we know you're out there, we see you. Thank you for tuning in with us. Hashtag LTA Radio right now. We're set to kick the show off for this Tuesday night. Let's get it going. Let's Talk America Radio is in your ear.
3: Are you considering seeking therapy but aren't sure whether it's the right choice for you? If certain issues have been causing problems in your life and you aren't sure how to make the necessary changes, therapy can help. Dealing with your problems with the help of a professional can help you start on a more productive pattern. While one in five American adults suffer from some form of mental illness, about 45 to 65% with moderate to severe impairment is in treatment. Approximately 111,000 of Georgia youth live with a serious mental health condition. Positive Change Counseling Services is a community healthcare corporation providing family counseling and human development services to children and families in unserved and underserved communities. Positive Change Counseling Services is dedicated to solution-focused treatment for behavioral and mental health. Our community-based organization provides an array of confidential services with specialization in youth, family, and individual counseling. Some of our targeted solution services include treatment for the following, depression, ADHD, anxiety, emotional health problems, adverse behavior habits, post-traumatic stress syndrome, common symptoms for abused and neglected children, aggression, and stress management. We are a core agency that provides in-home and in-office services throughout our individuals and group therapy, family therapy, community support services, crisis intervention, as well as diagnostic and nursing evaluations and assessment. For further information on how to start receiving services, please contact Positive Change Counseling Services at 404-298-0888. Please also visit our website at www.pcccounseling.org.
2: It was Out of Love, A True Love Story of Deception, Grace, and Forgiveness by sensational author James Marr. It's a powerful book that will truly inspire you. In this bizarre but true love story, a husband unravels the mystery surrounding his wife's 30-year deception and discovers the true meaning of God's grace and forgiveness. All readers will gain from this phenomenal life story. Get a copy of the book for yourself or for a loved one. Download the free ebook at www.itwasoutoflove.com. Again, get your free ebook version of this phenomenal book by visiting www.itwasoutoflove.com. It Was Out of Love A True Love Story of Deception, Grace, and Forgiveness by Arthur James Marr.
3: Hi, this is Leslie. I'm really enjoying the show. Let's Talk America
0: keeps you in the know. Hi, my name is Tina Harrell, and I just love listening to
3: Shana Thornton on Let's Talk America. It's wonderful. Please keep it going, Shayna. Hi, I'm Yolanda, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Let's keep it going.
2: A special thanks to everyone that allows this show to be the success that it is. Of course, our national sponsors and advertisers mean so much. Your support is truly priceless. Thank you for sticking with us and demonstrating all of your support. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our loyal and dedicated weekly listeners that join us every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Thank you for everything and, again, for your support and sharing our Great news with everyone you know, your network of people that has made all of the difference. And also, those individuals that join us after we've aired live, those who go back to the replay podcast, thank you for all of your support. You know, speaking of podcasts, I want to announce to everyone that Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton, is now on iTunes. We're on iTunes out there. So, as you uh, listen to your favorite tracks by your favorite musicians and Check out some movies. Do go to the podcast section and look us up. You can, of course, subscribe to us for free. All of it is without spending a penny. So, of course, we welcome you to visit our website at www.Let's Talk America with www.letstalkamericawithshainathornton.com. Always. Again, that's www.Let's Talk America with www.letstalkamericawithshainathornton.com. But also check us out on iTunes, okay? So we know that's a very popular application that many people use on their cell phones and laptops and tablets. So Let's Talk America Radio is on iTunes now. Well, everyone, we are set to kick off In the News for the full week of October the 19th, 2015. Just a friendly reminder that Let's Talk America Radio now presents a televised version of In the News. We've joined forces with SCB Channel 182 out of Atlanta Metropolitan. Okay? So we've teamed up with them. You can check us out. Again, visit the website, Let's Talk America, with Shana Thornton.com, if you want to see the televised edition. Of course, we continue to deliver the audio edition on the radio show. And I will tell you this, that on the radio show, it is a bit extended. We provide more details for you, okay? But stick with us on both ends, okay? Let's Talk America Radio is now on television, and we're also in your ear for radio. Remember that In the News provides all of the timely and relevant global news stories that matter to you. In the News, presidential politics front row. The five Democratic presidential candidates shared a debate stage for the very first time on Tuesday, October the 13th, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hillary Clinton entered the campaign as the front runner, but her path to the nomination has faced some challenges. Hillary Clinton did not hesitate to go after Bernie Sanders, her nearest rival in the Democratic race. The former Secretary of State hit the Vermont Independent Senator over gun control and foreign policy and described some of his positions as impractical and unrealistic. Sanders did explain what it meant to be a Democratic Socialist while Clinton defended capitalism. Many media outlets have declared her the winner of the recent debate. In the news, floods and mud strand Los Angeles area drivers. A rainstorm caused flash floods and massive mudslides in areas north of Los Angeles on Thursday, October the 15th. Thousands of cars were caught in the mud, many of them on Interstate 5, one of California's major north-south connectors. Emergency teams rescued 14 people from a section of Interstate 5. Hundreds of vehicles remained stuck in the mud as of Friday, October the 16th. In the news. Volkswagen hires integrity boss in light of scandal. Volkswagen has hired a new executive to lead a new post devoted to integrity and legal affairs in the wake of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's disclosure that the company had installed manipulative software on diesel cars to trick regulators into believing the vehicle's met emission standards. The cheating software affects up to 11 million cars worldwide, including nearly 500,000 in the U.S. The German carmaker has yet to propose an official fix to U.S. regulators. Christine Hogman-Dinhart, the new integrity boss, will likely play an instrumental role in cleaning up Volkswagen's public image. And finally, in the news tonight, Lamar Odom has been hospitalized. Many of you know by now that the former NBA superstar was found unconscious in Nevada. Right now, I'm bringing in our brand-newly named culture correspondent, Diana Vega. She's going to explain this and more. Uh, Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. I'm on right now with our brand-new correspondent. She's our culture correspondent, Diana Vega. She is with us. We're so excited to have her on the Let's Talk America uh, team. She is amazing in many forms. She's been with us before. Right now she is speaking with us from uh, Los Angeles, California. We are talking about the unfortunate situation with Lamar Odom. Diana, you know, uh, bring us up to date. Where are we right now?
4: Now. Um, I mean, you know, there's varying reports and you can never really be too sure about what's true, what's not. Um, the last thing that I saw at least was that he's in a coma and um it's really not looking good. I mean, nobody knows, obviously, uh, but God, but it's not looking. Uh, his situation is looking pretty bleak and dire, which is, which is sad.
2: You know, Diana, I know it seemed to be a public struggle with some drug and other substance addiction in the past. Do we know if any of that has been involved with this current situation?
4: Well, at first they were just saying, um, "Well, you know, that they found him um, unconscious at, at the brothel, and they were saying um, that he had just been using herbal Viagra a while there." Um, but we do know that he struggled a lot with drugs and everything. And there was, um, they did find that he had been using cocaine while he was there. Um, so that that has been
2: established. You know, many sports fans knew his name uh, before he married Khloe Kardashian. Um, And then a lot of the world came to know him when he did affiliate with the Kardashian family. There has been um, some recent coverage of some that have disagreed with him being associated exclusively with the Kardashian family. I know this is... Uh, intriguing and a sticky subject, Uh, but do you think it's fair for the media, the mainstream media, to say he's a Kardashian, he's a reality star, Uh, or do you think he stands within his own right as an NBA player and an individual outside of the Kardashian name?
4: I do think he should be able to stand alone. He's an NBA champion. Um, You know, he's he's an awesome basketball player. He has his own um, accomplishments and merit that he did on his name without the Kardashians. I just think it's easier for mainstream and because mainstream news tends to be lazy to just attach him to what they know about him, which is oh, he was married to a with the Kardashian. And he was on the show, and you know, obviously, uh, Cosmopolitan called them the first family, which we know is not true, but in a sense, <laughs> they have this uh, power or way over not the media and the country, and so I think it's just lazy and easy to just attach his name to them um, without without giving any mention to his own accomplishments.
2: Mm. You know, we honestly here at Let's Talk America wish uh, Lamar Odium a full recovery. I know he is a father, I believe, to two of the three kids, so of course I know they're praying and hoping for the best um, for their father. Diana, thanks for being with us. You will continue to be with us uh, throughout the year on Let's Talk America. Glad to have you on board as a culture correspondent. I would like to quickly note that there has been a few updates I have, since we spoke to Diana that he has come out of the coma and reportedly making some progress, okay? So we certainly wish him a full and speedy recovery. And, again, we're very excited to have Diana Vega join the Let's Talk America family. Stay with us as we continue to expand and offer talk radio with substance. Well, everyone, that wraps up our In the News segment for this week. Again, the full week of October the 19th, 2015. Of course, it is Tuesday, October the 20th, 2015. But we always like to keep you updated with the full week news, all right? This is your weekly family radio talk show. Well, right now, I would like to offer our quote of tonight. Our quote tonight comes from Herbie Hancock, the very celebrated musician, who once said, It's a part of life to have obstacles. It's about overcoming obstacles. That's the key to happiness. Again, musician Herbie Hancock is noted as saying, It's a part of life to have obstacles. It's about overcoming obstacles. That's the key to happiness. To happiness, And you know what? Here's the words speak for themselves. You know, this life has ups and downs. There are many inclines and declines, certainly. But we have to keep pushing ahead and know that there will always be a tomorrow. So may you push full speed ahead, everyone. All right, well, let's talk America. Is in your ear, and tonight we have some very critical health segments. We're going to start off this first conversation about SIDS. We have with us on uh, one of my favorite pediatricians. His name is Dr. Kevin Springle. I've known Dr. Springle for years. He is going to talk with us in depth about SIDS, what it is, who's at risk, everything you wanted to know. So right now I'm excited to bring him in.
4: Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's dot dcom Or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses your soul. And you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with Jane of the Orchard.
2: Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton, it is Tuesday night, and we are putting the spotlight on health, in particular with our babies, our infants, our young people in society, we are talking about SIDS tonight. That's why SIDS, you may have heard of it, maybe you're familiar with it, Uh, maybe the term has been used loosely by your child's pediatrician, not quite sure what it means. Tonight we have our own in-house medical expert, we have the one and only celebrated and very respected pediatrician, Dr. Kevin Springle is with us. How are you doing this Tuesday night?
5: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
2: I am awesome. I am honored to have you back on. You joined us a few years ago when we were getting started with the LTA team. Uh, you were talking about childhood obesity then. Several years have passed. A lot has occurred in between. We're coming full circle, talking about our youth again, Dr. Springle. Tonight we're talking about SIDS. You know, I want you to break this situation this health concern down as much as possible, because I continue to see the articles, you continue to see the reports on the news of a child, a small child, a baby or infant, if you will, who has died of SIDS. Please explain what SIDS is and why is it so critical to discuss even in
5: 2015? Yes, SIDS stands for Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. It's basically the death, the sudden death of an infant that is less than a year, than a year of age. They can't be explained um, after investigating the home, doing an autopsy, you know, examining the death scene, reviewing all medical history, there's no explanation for the cause of death. Um, it's the leading cause of death for infants age one to 12 months. And, and therefore it's very critical because even today, there's still a large number of kids that die from this.
2: We wow. probably over 2000 kids die um, from SIDS annually at this in 2015. Wow. You know, Dr. Springle, one child is too many in my professional and personal opinion, but when you talk about over 2,000, that's a very devastating number for those who never had an opportunity to live their life. Now, tell us if certain babies are at risk more than others. For instance, does race or birth weight play a role?
5: Yes, there there are multiple risk factors that, that um, will lend itself to increased risk for, for SIDS. Um, African-American babies and American Indian as well as Alaskan Native babies um, are twice as likely to die uh, from SIDS. Uh, boys in general are more likely to die from SIDS. Okay. Uh, preterm babies um, and low birth weight, you know, preterm babies are generally low birth weight. Okay.
2: what exactly causes sudden uh, infant death syndrome. I mean, it seems to be a mysterious health concern. You named, obviously, so eloquently that there are risk factors involved, uh, African-American babies, uh, also males more so, uh, mothers who uh, likely smoke, but do we know why when it comes to the actual physiology or health matters? and I don't want to overgeneralize, and you're the expert. I'm not Dr. Springle. But would it simply be the child literally stopped breathing somehow, something called, um breath to end or cease, right? Yes,
5: yes,
2: that. Um, mm. You know, when you're listening to Let's Talk America, it's Tuesday night. We have the one and only pediatrician, Dr. Kevin Springle, is on with us, and we're talking about SIDS. Tonight this show is titled what? Every parent and grandparent should know about SIDS. He's explained so much already, but he has pointed out that it still continues to be a mysterious health concern in terms of exactly why. Why do the children uh, stop breathing, uh, unfortunately, and often in their sleep? Uh, You know, is there a genetic component, Dr. Springle? You said uh, many factors, of course, uh, males and African Americans and Alaskan uh, babies, but, you know, if a mother, unfortunately had a child who passed of SIDS. Is there a likelihood that the next child or some child down the line could also suffer from SIDS? Do we have any research that points to that? There, It's very limited research um, regarding that, but there have been some studies that show that there is a slight increased risk, uh, but it's not quite conclusive as to what that increased risk is, but there is a slight increased risk if you had a prior child um, that, that to come to uh, to see it. You know, this entire conversation is critical. It is important on so many levels. But the next question I have for Dr. Kevin Springle is the most important to me throughout this entire talk show tonight. And I'm asking that everyone get written tools to write it down or go on your cell phone and put it under your notes or whatever you have to do. Because right now I want to ask you a very important question, Dr. Springle. Explain what steps should be taken to help cut down on the risk of SIDS? Again, I want to emphasize to every caring and doting grandmother out there who keeps that grandbaby from time to time, if she would be attentive, the mothers, the fathers, the neighbors, the godfathers, everybody right now, because this is the most important piece of information shared tonight on this show. What steps can help cut down on SIDS?
5: The most important uh look at is their sleep environment. Um, number one, um, room sharing is actually helpful to help prevent SIDS, but not bed sharing. Okay. So we would like for you to have a firm sleeping surface for the child, uh, a, a mattress that's safety approved that's covered with a fitted sheet. Um, we do not like any loose covers, any stuffed animals, um, okay. any crib bumpers, anything in the crib that the baby can turn or, or suffocate in. Um, We also, I mentioned smoking early, is a risk factor. So I know some parents and grandparents struggle with smoking and think think that it's not um, serious for kids, but smoking is a risk factor, and that's secondhand tobacco exposure too. So that's another step you can take is just to try your best not to smoke, at least in the environment, Rather you not smoke at all, but especially not in the environment of a child. Um, There have been kids that they've done or infants they've done testing on after it see its case and some have had uh increased urinary cotinine levels and cotinine levels can tell you if they've been exposed to tobacco. Okay. Um make sure there's nothing covering the baby's head or in the area of the baby's head. Yes. Yeah. Um of course, back to sleep, the back to sleep campaign started, you know, in the in the late 90s, okay. in the 90s, uh, because they, they you know, the researchers
2: and physicians realized that there was increased risk of SIDS with sleeping on the stomach. Okay. And so back to sleep is always important, not side, um, but back to sleep. I see. Uh, dressing in onesies, don't have a lot of loose clothes that can kind of move and cover. Okay. Um, Sleeping beside the parent is good, not in the bed, but they have these co-sleeper things where they're yes, they held do. literally beside the
5: bed or in the bassinet. Um, there yeah. have been some studies that have shown pacifier use sometimes helps reduce Okay. It. Now, not in the critical first three to four weeks when you're trying to breastfeed feed your baby, but okay. after breastfeeding has been established, you can do a pacifier. If it falls out the mouth, you don't have to put it back in, but the initial pacifier use has been found uh, to be helpful. Um, of course, not yes. having the baby sleep on you, um, okay. and only having the right temperature. Um, if it's
2: too warm in the room, that can be a risk factor yes. um, that, that, you can kinda, that
5: you can use as a way to prevent um, SIDS.
2: You know, you touched on so many critical uh, components. And first, you said, uh, the most important, um, you said that room sharing can help cut down on it, but not bed sharing. And you know, Dr. Springle there are many right now that are cringing cringing uh, when they heard that because they're like, oh, I've heard that so many times, but you know, I'm going to be very uh, practical right now, Dr. Springle, right? I'm a parent. You're a parent. Uh, We have so many parents listening out there or guardians, and they will say, you know what? I've got to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, okay? The uh, little girl is crying. She's constantly crying. She wants to be healed, right? You know this just as well as I do. This is how this typically goes. Uh, They go get her. They rock her, and then they come back in very room, and then sometimes perhaps they'll put her on the chest, and then the mom or the dad will fall asleep in the bed with the baby, and uh, it's a reality, and I know it's not right. You're saying that we can cut down on this if we get rid of this, but you know, there are parents and guardians listening to you that say... I've been lucky with my first two kids. You know what? I've got to get up in the morning, Dr. Springle. And I'm just going to be real with you. They're going to say, you're not in this household when I've got to get up and go make money to help pay bills. What's your response to those parents? Yes, well,
5: first of all, I can say I don't think there's anybody that's not guilty of having, you know, my wife breastfed my
6: kids, and I yeah. know there were times when I woke up and my child was, was in my bed. Okay. I think it's more
5: as a, if you do that as a habit or as a
1: routine. Yeah.
5: You know, the hard part is I've had kids that have died from SIDS, from oh, medication,
1: no. from overlays, from wedging. I, I've had probably in my career about eight um, cases of.
5: Of infant death within the first year that's related to sleep, oh, wow. sleeping and sleeping situations. And so my my thought is, until it happens to you, you, you 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 can be cavalier about it. Okay. I'm going to be okay, but I just have to stress it so much because you know a couple of those babies, I probably did not tell that mom. You know what? You really shouldn't do this. Yeah. So, I've, so because of that, because I've seen and I had to look in the eye of a mom and talk to a mom yeah. on the phone who lost their child. Oh, wow. So there, there may have been a time where I didn't do that Anticipatory guidance. It's my job to just inform everybody. You never know. I could have had a child with that. Um, Any of us could have, because we know that we're all been guilty of
2: something. Okay, so you're pointing out. So, and and I want to point this out because this is why I love having you on this show, Doctor Springle, because you're not parent shaming. You're not saying, "Hey, naughty, naughty, you shouldn't have done that." Now you're the worst parent in the world. You're saying, you know, I get it. There's a practical side to being a parent, but you're also saying, as a medical professional, you've seen the fatalities, and even if it's inconvenient, and I'm going to say this myself as a parent, even if it's inconvenient, if it cuts down on the risk of death of your baby that I know most people would give their life for their child, it's worth the inconvenience, right? I'm sure you would echo that.
5: That's exactly
2: right. That's it. Wow. And and I want to point out also, I know you said taking things off of their heads. I know some people will have a habit for newborns in particular, uh, you know, obviously they're thinking newborns want to be cuddled and, and cozy like they were in the mother's womb, so they'll put these hats on them, which may be fine when you're going out and about side, but you're saying don't go to sleep with one of those caps on. You're saying that's a no-no.
5: You shouldn't, and I know in the hospital setting when you're sitting in the room, doing the room sharing, that you see that a lot in the beginning. But, you know, those first few days, we do watch temperatures more closely. Okay. You know, if you have a preterm baby that has a risk of having low um, temperature, then, then that would be a medical indication for having a hat. But okay. most babies don't need a hat to sleep at night. Um, they get it in the hospital because we want to make sure temperatures are stable okay. um, the first 48 hours. But, you know, at home there's not really a need for that. Um, I would say, no, don't do a hat. It, it, it's a bit
2: tough. Okay. And I know you pointed out that it, see it is a risk for children under the age of one, under 12 months old. Yeah. You know, uh, with that being said, it, when a child can turn over, right, and I guess it would vary from kid to kid, but I, most children, I'm assuming, now you correct me, I'm no pediatrician, uh, just a mom, but I think around six months or so, seven months, I think the typical healthy child, if there were no physical concerns, can turn over. Should a mom or dad? or grandma, grandfather, be concerned if they put him on the back, right, just like Dr. Springer was saying or their pediatrician in Houston, Texas, they're putting them on their back, they come in 30 minutes later, and the cute little baby boy has turned himself over. Should they be alarmed and say, hey, I've got to turn him over, or is the thinking of, hey, if he was strong enough to turn himself over, likely of him suffocating would be minimum? Explain. That is exactly right. Babies normally roll over um, back to front and front to back at around four months of age. Okay. And once a baby is strong enough to roll over, they're strong
5: enough to hold their head up. What what doesn't make sense to most parents is you would think, okay, a baby's laying on their on their tummy, so if they spit, it's going to kind of go to one side. Yes. The other. But if they're laying on their back, oh, it's just going to go
2: back down and they're going to... That's what they think. You're right. Uh, with the With the anatomy, when you're lying
5: on your back you're you're in a position to where you're you're less likely to have any of that choking uh events happen because your esophagus, your feeding tube, lies behind your windpipe. So it's it's much more difficult to bring things forward and then going into the airway versus being on your stomach when the esophagus is laying superior to your windpipe. It's easier for things to go into the windpipe. And so really it's it's and also, in addition to that, babies cannot turn their head. So okay. if you have a one-week-old on their stomach and they happen to be fa- sleeping face down and they and they vomit or spit up, they may not be able to move their head.
2: And okay. That's when they have their suffocation risk. So, but if they're turning, yeah.
5: that's fine. If, if they turn on their own, do not, do not worry about turning them back.
2: Okay, so you're saying, and I want this to be clear for all the moms and dads out there, Dr. Springer was saying if the child has a strong enough neck, for instance, a child eight or nine months who is way past the four-month mark, as you said, most kids or some kids typically can hold their necks up. If you come in and in the crib they're on their stomach, there's no alarm to say, oh, i got to turn them over. You're saying if that's, they can sleep that way if they were strong enough to turn themselves over. That is correct. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. Knowledge is power. We're putting the spotlight on SIDS this Tuesday night on Let's Talk America Radio with the one and only board certified pediatrician, Dr. Kevin Springle. You know, I know you said keeping a house or a room very, very warm um, is likely not a very good idea when you're talking about the health of a baby regarding SIDS. So is there a time of year that seems to coincide with SIDS? Because I would imagine winter would be, or environments or locations that get really cold and you're cutting on the heat and you're pumping it up, would those yeah. likely be places um, more at risk for SIDS?
5: Well, SIDS' is higher rates are usually from October to April, so really in the fall and the winter. Okay. And I, a lot of that is secondary to colds. Um, even a couple of the babies that I had as patients that succumbed to, to SIDS, they had respiratory illnesses. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying this to to alarm parents because, believe me, babies get sick okay. all the time and they have runny nose and, runny yes. nose and colds. Um, because of the time of year and the risk factors for viruses and things, and that may be another risk factor is just having colds, um, respiratory symptoms causing that type thing, and so there is a slight increased risk um, in the fall and winter just because kids tend to be sicker that time of year okay. anyway. So it's mm. Related
2: to that. And that and that would make sense on a, a logic level. You know, speaking of respiratory issues, should a parent or guardian be overly concerned with a loudly snoring infant or baby regarding SIDS? I mean, if, if and I know you're saying, obviously, kids get sick. Everyone knows that, I'm sure, especially when they go to daycare or interact with other children. But if there has been, perhaps they suspect a cold and there's a, a lot of snoring. Um, it, does that tend to coincide or not necessarily?
5: No, not snoring. Um, now, sleep apnea is kind of a
2: continuation or worsening of snoring. Okay. Um, and I have had young infants that had sleep apnea, and that's when
5: babies stop breathing. So they snore very, very loudly. You hear a lot of noise, and then you hear silence for several seconds, and then you hear a start-up snoring. Okay. And that would be concerning for some airway issues, and you your nose and throat specialist. Okay.
2: Just to make sure that they don't have apnea. That's a whole separate issue, but it's not a risk factor in and of itself. Yes. See it. Okay. It is something that if your baby is snoring,
5: you should get checked out. Okay.
2: And, <laughs> as if we would hopefully also with yes. adults. If we're snoring loudly, you're yes. saying, I'm sure, go to the doctor and get that checked out also. Exactly. Yeah, because everybody's health in the family matters, Dr. Springle. You know that yes. better than I do. You know, right now we're, gonna, we're about to close up, but I have to continue to offer Real Talk for real people. You know, there are many families out there listening right now or many, many members of the family, and, and they hear you, and they're saying, sounds good. The pediatrician told me the same thing. Brought my son home from the hospital. Yeah, don't do it, don't do it. Um, but bed sharing is real. Okay, There are a lot of doting mothers who love sleeping with her baby. She wants her baby up under her and snug. And you know what she's saying, Dr. Springle. You're saying this, and that's great from the medical books, but my mom did it with me, and my grandmother did it with my mom, and it's been a tradition. And I just want to make sure my baby is fine at night because if he stops breathing, I will be able to know it. But if he's in another room, if he's in a crib, if he's in a little bassinet next to the bed, I'm not as in tune with his body as I would be with him snuggled up under me. These are real conversations I've had with mothers out there, and they do not want their baby away from them in arm's distance. What is your advice to these loving and caring guardians who love their babies? You know that. They do. But habits are hard to break.
5: Yes, yes. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, you I don't know about Alaska Natives as much, but the other uh, ethnic group or African American. And the studies and research felt that that was due directly to grandparents caring for okay. African-American babies or having an influence on the mothers caring yes. for the baby. Okay. babies. And what the moms and the grandmothers, because I see them both in the office sometimes at the same time, and what they will say was, look at you, you're fine, you didn't have any okay. problems. Out That's
2: me. what I'm saying. That's
5: and they <laughs> laid on their, on their stomach and they were just fine. And so I would still just really encourage the grandparents to... Listen to what I'm saying and and know that because of the Back to Sleep campaign in the 90s, there were over 5,000 infants dying a year from SIDS. That number has been cut in half, in large part because of the Back to Sleep um, campaign. Amazing. And so that's what we're thinking. And so we would certainly just encourage you guys to, if you're the mother, um, just be the mother. And that's something that's hard sometimes because you have grandparents. That's right. your mother and you want to respect them and everything, but this is your child and you're growing up in a different age That's and you're right. armed with more knowledge and
2: wow. just
5: that knowledge. And if you're the grandparent, just um, listen to the, look at the numbers, research it some more before you decide based on your experiences. Um, luckily, you didn't, a grandparent, That's had right. to deal with that or had a friend that dealt with that, but, but the numbers show it, and so it's something that really should be
2: looked into. There's no product that can prevent siege, you know, bells and alarms and okay. repositioning things. None of those things will help to prevent the risk. So it's really about just looking at the numbers and 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 doing it the way that it's advised and so that your risk can be cut, so. You know, I have a friend that has an adage, when you know better, you do better, right? So that's not knocking our ancestors or great-great-grandmother on what she did, but there's a lot of information and education that we have privy to today that she or he did not. And let's really utilize all the information we have. And I love that uh, statement that you said, if you're the mom, be the mom. And that's no disrespect to grandparents, um, but if they are not telling you um, right in a sense, you do have to stand up and say, this is your child. And you demand for your child to really encompass what's best health-wise, right? Yes. Not just for SIDS, but I know you came on before about childhood obesity. For all of it, it's we have to be uh, right and do right by the youth, our kids. They really are the future. You know, before you get out of here, I would like for you to provide any lasting words of wisdom for all guardians out there when it comes to caring for our infants and our babies I've related to SIDS, or maybe even if it's not for SIDS, Dr. Springle. Any words as a medical expert? You're a pediatrician, you're seeing thousands of babies and kids develop and grow. What's your advice for parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles who just want to see the kids do great? My best advice is be an advocate for your child. Speak up if you don't like what a doctor is saying.
5: One of the hardest things I have to deal with as a pediatrician is I may give a piece of advice and the parent likes part of it but doesn't like the other part, but then I never hear about it until down the road six months later and having the same issue. So a big piece of advice I would give is is don't be afraid to tell your physician how you feel. Voice your opinions. Um, you have a voice, in it and it needs to be heard. You guys have wisdom that we don't have. You guys have maternal instinct and paternal instincts
2: that, that us as physicians don't have. That's right. And so it's very important to communicate. I think some, some patients are scared that they may offend. Um, if you have the kind of position where you don't feel like you can openly talk to them, you
5: might need to have another physician. Okay, good um, and point. So I think the biggest thing is just advocate for your, your children. Don't be scared to ask questions. Don't be afraid if you don't like everything that's being said or you don't agree with it. Have that discussion, you know, in the
2: room so that you can clear the air and, and know right. the best thing is for your child when you leave powerful and you're right. Ask the questions. You know, it's one thing to tell Dr. Springle, but then to tell his nurse a medical assistant when he leaves the room is a whole nother ball game. Have those conversations with the medical providers, the doctors, not going home and talking with friends and neighbors about what you didn't like. But actually telling that physician, and I know you would agree, Doctor Springle, that just doesn't apply to your kids, but also going to your internist for ourselves as adults, right? Okay,
5: exactly. That is correct.
2: Wow. Good medicine is good medicine all the way around. It is your health. You're the patient. You play a role also. Lastly, we're coming back around to SIDS. The spotlight was on SIDS tonight, of course. We appreciate all of your time and effort again, the celebrated and renowned Dr. Kevin Springle. Where can people go to find out more information about SIDS?
5: And actually, uh, this is SIDS Awareness Month and the CDC.gov. Um, It's one website um, that you can find information on SIDS and SUID, or or Sudden Unexpected Infant Deaths. Um, And of course, the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is aap.org. You know, these are www.aap.org, and just do a search for SIDS. Those are two reputable sites where you can get really good information on, on SIDS and how to prevent it.
2: Absolutely. I know October is a busy month for many things, but do not forget SIDS Awareness Month. The youth, they are everything to so many guardians and parents, and make sure we're doing right by our babies and infants so they can grow to be whatever they're meant to be. Doctor, attorney, engineer, athlete. Thank you, Dr. Kevin Springer, for joining us on Let's Talk America. You're a friend here, and we always enjoy having you on.
5: All right. Thanks so much.
2: Wow, what a very informative conversation, again, with the one and only board-certified pediatrician, Dr. Kevin Springle. We certainly appreciate all of his dedication to what he does for the children in our various communities. Well, we are not done yet. Please stick with us. Again, did you know today, Tuesday, October the 20th, was World Osteoporosis Day? That's right. Hopefully, you're in great bone health. Listen to this very brief conversation. You're going to enjoy it and I'm sure learn a lot
1: congratulations on air personality Shayna Thornton on being named the recipient of the 2015 bold award in human dignity your journalistic work on spotlighting the leading topics and people of today makes a difference keep up the great work
2: Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton, we're putting the spotlight on your health, and according to the International Osteoporosis Foundation, osteoporosis is a major public health problem. Nearly 10 million people in the U.S. alone have osteoporosis, and many patients living with the disease may not even know it. And you should know that World Osteoporosis Day is taking place in October, and it's a chance to encourage people to speak with their health care providers about their fracture risk and how to keep track of bone strength. Now, speaking with us from the American Society of Bone and Mineral Research Annual Meeting in Seattle, uh, is we have with us Susan Randall. She's Senior Director of Education for the National Osteoporosis Foundation. And we have Dr. Andrea Singer of MedStar, Georgetown University Medical Center and Clinical Director of the National Osteoporosis Foundation. Ladies, how are you doing this Tuesday night?
7: Good morning good afternoon. It's wonderful
2: to speak with you. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Now, first and foremost, I'm going to direct this question um, to you, Dr. Singer. What is osteoporosis? What is it all about? Because we hear the the old word thrown around a lot, um, but I'm not quite sure everyone has a true understanding of what it means.
7: Well, that's a great question and a great way to start. Osteoporosis is a disease that predominantly affects women. With osteoporosis, you can think of it in terms of either losing too much bone, making too little bone, or both. And because of that, it makes bone more fragile and more likely to fracture or break. And fractures are really the consequence or the outcome that we are trying to prevent because they can be a life-changing event has a fracture it can make it harder for them to get around okay. to do things on their own and really to live the kind of life that they want
2: to live. Wow. You know, Susan, why is it so critical that keep of the bone strength because, you know, uh, to be frank, there are a lot of people, I think, and I'm so grateful that Dr. Singer cleared it up for us, but they have misconceptions about what it is, right? They'll see perhaps an elderly woman that is bent over, if you will, and they'll say, well, she has osteoporosis, but, you know, my mom, she's in her late 50s, she's in her early 60s, she's a baby boomer, and mom looks great, she still walks occasionally, she couldn't possibly have osteoporosis.
0: Well, um, I know that that is a a major concern. Osteoporosis is a silent disease, and unfortunately, because you may not have any symptoms until a person becomes hunched over or breaks a hip, many people aren't aware that they have it. So the hunching over is due to um, uh, tiny fractures that occur in the spine and makes the the spine more likely to bend over, Uh, those are some of the earlier symptoms of osteoporosis and um, should raise some awareness that a person is ill. However... If someone is feeling fine, and this is, yeah. po- this is possible, uh, osteoporosis is silent, so okay. they should start this conversation with their healthcare provider to determine what their risk factors are for the condition and find out what they can do to prevent it from going further.
2: You know, speaking of the risk factors, uh, Susan, what are the risk factors for uh, this very silent health concern and and osteoporosis and fractures? What what are there any that we should be noting? Is it's family history,
0: uh yeah, so family history uh is genetic, so it's age and genetics are very common risk factors for osteoporosis, however, there are other um health conditions that might uh, make someone uh more prone to develop fractures also people who smoke or drink excessive amounts of alcohol may be also be at higher risk as well as people who have a low body weight and people who have suffered previous broken
2: bones. Wow. You know, Dr. Singer, Susan obviously just so eloquently pointed out that one of the risk factors could be age. Now tell us, are women or men of a certain age at a higher risk for osteoporosis and fracture? Well, this is a disease that increases in incidence as people get older. So knowing one's risk factors for fracture should
7: be a priority for everyone as they age, and there's no age that makes you safe from fracture per se. But it's especially important for women because women can lose up to 20% of bone mass in the five to seven years after menopause, and that's why many people often think of this as a woman's disease. It's because of what happens at the time of and following menopause that really increases a woman's risk.
2: But men can also have osteoporosis and fracture? Is that very true?
7: Men can also have osteoporosis and fracture. This is not a disease that spares either gender. Um, so both men and women need to be concerned about risk factors and really have a conversation with their health care provider to determine their risk for fracture Okay. and then develop an individualized treatment plan to help make bone strength a priority.
2: You know, I want to talk about reducing uh, the risk of fracture because, you know, we've had lots of conversations here on Let's Talk America each Tuesday night. talking about cancer, diabetes, um, even sometimes lupus or multiple sclerosis. And we know there are some health concerns. Uh, Really, you can't, um, I hate to say you can't do anything about with developing or being diagnosed with the disease. But with osteoporosis, are there ways you can actually help reduce the risk of fracture, doctor?
7: Absolutely. There are a number of things that people can do to help reduce the risk of fracture. And we think about sort of an overall osteoporosis treatment plan a number of different things like prescription medications when appropriate, meaningful changes in diet and exercise, so a well-balanced, healthy diet, adequate calcium and vitamin D, weight-bearing, muscle-strengthening exercise, but appropriate exercise for an individual given their risk for fracture, um, as well as fall prevention. So we want to make sure that people aren't at increased risk for fall, all of those things together really are the strategies that will help to reduce fracture risk.
2: Wow. It's Let's Talk America. We're putting the spotlight tonight on osteoporosis. We have with us Dr. Andrea Singer and also Susan Randall, um, and she is a celebrated registered nurse with years of experience um, in osteoporosis. You know, uh, Dr. Singer, how can one manage or treat osteoporosis? So, I mean, if people have the misconception in their head that, oh, well, it's typically the elderly woman who she's a little petite, she's tiny, she's bent over, Um, But I know, obviously, Susan said, again, it's a silent um, health concern on so many levels. You know, how can it be managed, right? I mean, we shouldn't think, well, once you have it, that's it. There's nothing else you can do. Go sit in a corner, right? I know there are some innovative things going on in the medical world right now.
7: Right. There are many things that can be done. So this is not your grandmother's disease. This can affect anyone, and we really need to change, I think, that overall impression.
2: Yes. Um,
7: So, again, looking for uh, medications, Calcium, vitamin D exercise reducing the risk for falls, and the most important message is for women to speak with their health care providers to come up with a treatment plan that is right for them and We thank you so much for having us on today to talk about this very important topic
2: absolutely and Susan, I would like for you to close us out. Um, I first want to ask a critical question. There are many Americans and individuals outside of America listening to your voice right now, and again there's misconceptions about osteoporosis, thinking of that that little thin. Woman. But clear up for us right now: women or men that are obese or overweight, if you will, they can also have osteoporosis. Correct or no?
0: Absolutely, they can. Um, there is some uh, research out there that shows that diabetes can can um, can cause microfractures in the bone. For more information, go to www.nof.org.
2: I love it. And Susan, before you leave us really quickly for the next few seconds, um, there are those who are listening to you that uh, just have a fear of being diagnosed with anything from cancer to lupus to osteoporosis. Obviously, you're a professional. You've worked in the medical arena for years. Any lasting words of hope for those who suspect osteoporosis or those who have already been given the diagnosis?
0: Fractures can be prevented. It's critical that people have a conversation with their healthcare professional about what they can do to prevent the fractures caused
2: from osteoporosis. I love it. Great information. Thank you, Susan and Dr. Singer. Keep sharing, ladies.
5: Thank you, Shannon. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Where well, the conversation is continuing and what a very important one and timely one. Of course, talking about osteoporosis, you know, they said some fractures can be prevented. Remember that, okay? Whatever diagnosis you have been given, uh, there's always hope in the healing process, okay, everyone? Well, we've got one more pivotal health segment for you talking about hospital recovery rates. This one is relevant to everyone. After all, you have no idea when you may have to go in for an emergency medical procedure. Stay with us. We're just on for a little bit more, and we've got great music for you, so stay with us.
3: Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. Hi, my name is Kavarga, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi,
4: my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shayna Thornton. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be.
2: Listeners of your national award winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host. We are putting the spotlight on your health tonight. We're continuing this very important conversation. You know, hospital readmissions continue to be a major concern. Now, whether you're caring for yourself or a loved one, there are some simple steps for providing quality care outside of the hospital and helping to avoid readmission back into the hospital. Joining us tonight to offer potential solutions for quality care outside of the hospital and thoughts on how to find helpful resources is the one And only Dr. John Sabra, a practicing general and trauma surgeon. How are you this Tuesday night, Dr. Sabra? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. You know, this is an important conversation, and that's why we need to uh, have it and spotlight this issue. Now, whether we're talking about discharging a mom after giving birth, be it a cesarean or vaginal birth, or another individual recovering from an injury or surgery, what are some of the things patients and caregivers should consider upon leaving the hospital? The most important consideration is to come up with a plan, and that plan should be established with the physician and the nurses before leaving the hospital, and then figuring out the best way to transition
6: to care at home. And so having a plan in place and then familiarizing themselves with the patients and the caregivers with the resources they have at home so they can continue that quality of care they're receiving at the hospital.
2: Wow, so continue the care as best you can. Although, you know, I have many listeners out there that may be sitting right now in Austin, Texas, or in Charleston, South Carolina, and they say, yes, but you know what? I'm not a surgeon, like Dr. Saber. where I'm not a registered nurse, the one who cared for me so great when I was in the hospital. I don't have that medical background. I'm an IT tech. I mean, what would you say to that person who doesn't feel they have the confidence to continue that care?
6: That's a great point. It's a a stressful time making that transition, and so patients can't be uncomfortable. So what can we do to make them more comfortable? We're not training them to be doctors or nurses. We want to give them the resources, give them the products.
2: We have listeners from many, many different backgrounds out there. You talk about making sure that transition is well, that everyone understands how important it is to continue that care. Why is a good discharge plan so important, anyway, to be honest? People are getting discharged. Say a mom just had a baby or someone had knee surgery or back surgery. And you know, often people will get anxious, Dr. Sabres. Okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for the nurse to come give me my discharge papers. And some people don't think it's that important. I'm glad you're on with us tonight telling us it is very important to make sure we hear all the information. But for all of our listeners right now, as a medical expert, please emphasize how important it is for those who will be living with that person once they get back home to be a part of that conversation with the discharge plan because a lot of times, you know, the husband, the wife, or the kid will say, I'm going to get the car, you listen and I'll, you know, I'll be ready to pick you up outside in the wheelchair. I would imagine that you would emphasize that those that are staying with that person at home need to be a part of that conversation when they're talking about the discharge plan. for a you know that better than anyone being a doctor, but once they're home, and I know you can't get very specific because this is all hypothetical that we're talking about with a general patient, um, you know, situation that I'm about to describe, but when they get home and they say, well, okay, they gave me the great plan, the nurse was great about it, my husband sat there and listened to it, and they say something doesn't feel right, or maybe a wound has come open after cesarean, after giving birth, you know... Just talk us generally through, very briefly, when is it probably a good time to call 911 or get back to that hospital? medical experts on with us, and right now, of course, we have Dr. James, uh, Dr. John Saber, rather, and he is uh, a board-certified surgeon. You know, before you leave us, share your final thoughts uh, with us tonight. Um, about those who will be heading home, maybe they're having uh, knee surgery next week, maybe they're having uh, some sort of surgery on their liver in two weeks, and they know it. Uh, they're a little nervous, um, but then they're thinking, when I get home, I don't, you know, I don't know what to expect. Share your final thoughts with us tonight, doctor. Do whatever you can to become more comfortable. Uh, and uh, your
6: physician, your nurses are there to help you out. So educate yourselves and uh, become familiarized with the surgery that's going to take place, uh, and be comfortable when you go home. Familiarize yourself with products. Uh, you can look at uh, solutions at com
2: slash products for more uh, more products that are available to you. Okay. Uh, and always reach out to your physician if you have any additional questions. Mm, I love your emphasis on awareness and information, and even you're saying inform yourself with the procedure or the surgery you're having, right?
6: Absolutely. It's not just waiting until afterwards where you should come up with the plan. It should be an entire, a continuum of education from before the surgery all the way
2: to home care. And no question's a dumb question to your physician, right? Uh, Absolutely not. Ask whatever you want. Okay, awesome. Thank you for joining us tonight, Dr. Saber. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Wow, what a jam-packed show tonight, this Tuesday night. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. Hey, check us out next Tuesday night, same time, same place, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. If you're interested in knowing what the future topic will be or who our exclusive leading expert or celebrity guest will be, Simply visit wwwlet America with Shana okay? We so appreciate it. Stick with us. This is your family radio talk show. Also, we are accepting submissions for Nonprofit Organization of the Month, Simply email us at Let's Talk Shana at gmail.com. Again, if you know a worthy and deserving nonprofit organization anywhere throughout the world that deserves to be spotlighted and let the world know about them, let us know. And we may very well select them for our nonprofit organization. Again, that's Let's Talk Shayna at gmail.com. Well, you know we love great conversations, conversation with substance, and we also love music. And tonight we have a vocal performance by the one and only 13-year-old, very gifted young lady. She goes by Kelsey Bunn. She's out of Atlanta Metropolitan, and I have the opportunity to meet her and her family and actually hear her live at an event we both took part in. And actually, it was a tribute to a Martin Luther King Sr. in Atlanta Metropolitan recently. So I was blown away by her voice. I know you will be also, okay? So we're going to have to have Kelsey on one day and sit down exclusively with her. But right now, enjoy her voice. Uh, this is her in the pure form. There is no music uh, to this song. She is just singing it straight from her heart and her talents, all right? Do enjoy. Stick with Let's Talk America. This is your show. Kelsey Bunn's voice will take us home. All right, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us. Let's Talk America is in your ear. Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton. It's an entity of Padgett & Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2015. There's a
8: place in heaven prepared for me when the toil of this life is hopeless where the saints are clothed in white before the throne singing praises forevermore. In my Father's
6: house
8: there are mansions bright. If He said it, then I Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a place for me beyond the sky round and sisters there. She promised me a home over there.